This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. The doorman goes to me. Wow, i never seen a plane flying so low. I saw a 767 veer to the left and fly directly into South Tower. Something just blew up. Now it's now it's the second building also. And I'm standing next to a fire and he said, yeah, they just bombed the Pentagon too. We do not have an estimate on the number of casualties. United Airlines is confirming that its flight 93 did crash. The deliberate and deadly attacks which were carried out yesterday against our country were more than acts of terror. They were acts of war. This week, we will mark 18 years since those attacks on September the 11th. And I know everybody out there, if you're old enough, you remember exactly where you were, what was going on, what you were thinking and doing in the moment when you first heard about what was happening on the East Coast of the United States. It is a day that every year we try to remember and we talk about. It's a day that America faced an unprecedented day of terror where 19 members of Al-Qaeda had hijacked four passenger airplanes Two of those planes hitting the World Trade Center, one into the Pentagon, the fourth into a field in western Pennsylvania. Almost 3,000 people were killed that day. Now, that is, as I said, a day we will never forget. And for our next guests, we wanted to make sure that we remembered that event, and we have, I think, the perfect people to help us do that today. Their memories are probably more profound than anybody else that we could talk to. These four people who are our next guests were actually working in New York that day, attending the scenes in the in lower Manhattan as first responders. So I'm going to start by getting everybody to introduce. We've never had so many people, I think, in the studio at the same time uh, talking about this. So I'm going to start over here. Could I just get you to introduce Hi, yourself? Uh, Sergeant Marna Rand, retired. Hi, I'm Detective, Chris- <clears throat> I'm Detective Christine Reyes. I work at the Bronx Homicide Squad. Uh, Robert Brill, I work with the fire department. I'm a paramedic. Uh, Dennis O'Connell, retired from the NYPD's emergency services unit. Well, we can't thank you enough for being with us today to share your stories. I'll start this way and go over. Uh, tell me what, what it was like for you that day. What was happening? Well, like I said, uh, we're so used to being, as, as first responders, we're so used to showing up to a scene after the incident has occurred and being a, the problem solver. Um, on 9-11, we were... You know, we, we were part of the victims. Uh, like I said, it, uh, it involved us heavily. It involved our ability to respond. Um, so, again, emotionally, uh, you had to keep yourself in check and basically really relied on whatever training you had to keep you going after like such, such, a, such a big event. Like I said, it really taxed all of our, our assets in the city very, very quickly. And yet it was still unfolding, still developing as you were all <clears throat> responding. Robert, what was it like for you? Uh, well, I was responding from my rescue truck from Astoria, which is about, uh, say, five miles from uh, downtown. And by the time I, I grabbed the truck to drive it, there was only one building on fire. And then when I came out of Midtown Tunnel on the other side, it was two buildings on fire. So we, right away we thought it was something other than just an accident. And like uh, the sergeant says, is uh, it was uh, tough to work uh, with the victims, but even tougher to know that our friends were suffering at the same time. Um, uh, before the collapse, we had all kinds of accidents with the firemen that were started going up the steps. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty tough to deal with that and uh, not be able to really do 100% your job because you're worried about who, where your friend is, where your partner is, which I didn't find out until uh, a couple of weeks after where I found out that he had died in the building. Mm. So, yeah, chaos. It, was, it, it sounds was like really it was tough. just chaos. Yeah, it was chaos, yeah. 
Christine, what was it like for you? Well, I, I was freshly out the academy, four months out the academy. Really? Um, I didn't get to go down to the ground zero until three days later. And seeing everything, it seemed like it was out of a movie scene. It seemed so surreal, a lot of dust, the smell, a lot of, lot of images that you just can't get out of your head. How has that impacted your career, though? And that's, that was the first major event that you dealt with right out of the academy. Um, I think it made me stronger, um, made me focused. Um, moving forward, I, there was, there's so many people that were impacted uh, health-wise with 9-11 cancers and illnesses. My, my, I myself, um, I ended up with thyroid cancer. So thyroid cancer is one of the top 15 cancers that first responders had um, were diagnosed with. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's been what a, a scary thing because you don't think about that in the moment, no. right? And then you're finding out years later that you probably know. Do you all know people who have had health problems yes. as a result yes. of this? Yeah, I think yes. all, yes. I think all yeah. of us have health all problems. Us, yeah. really. Respiratory yeah. or intestinal. Marna, what was it like for you? Um, I was off that morning. I saw it happen. I went straight to my command, and they held us till a little later. We went, I think we went like around 4 o'clock downtown, and um, I was there for a while. I don't, I don't even remember when I went home. It was probably a day or two later. It was so intense, yeah. just doing everything yeah. that needed to be done at that mm-hmm. point. You mentioned the health problems as well. What kind of health problems have you had? Um, I have upper respiratory problems, sinus problems. Um, that's it for right now, thank God. Yeah. Um, has everybody, have you received help, the support over the years in dealing with those health problems? Yes, yes. the 9 11 program, the Sagroga bill, which they just, thank goodness, they just extended. We followed along, yeah. Yeah, uh, that's, that, that's huge because, it, because some of these things, like I said, they developed so long after that we don't know. And there's other guys and people out there that are suffering from things that aren't included on that bill yet. And basically they have to do studies. It is a whole process for something mm-hmm. to be able to be put on that so it'll actually be covered by it. But like I said, the numbers, and it's not just the cops and the firemen, it's the construction workers, the people that live down there, the people that evacuated mm-hmm. the building. So it's, a, it's bigger than just first responders. Right. How do these ceremonies make you feel? I know you've got quite a few events going on here. You're here this week, and thank you very much for being here for a number of different events, including down at the Peace Arch, which the public is welcome to go down and attend. But, Martin, I'll start with you. How do these ceremonies make you feel every year? Um, it's easier for me to deal with it out here than home. Why do you say that? Too traumatic at home. Still, the memories are still so strong. So being on yeah. the road, a little bit easier for you. It's, it's a little easier... And it shows that people still remember, people still care. It's not forgotten. Is that reassuring for you? Yes. Yes. Definitely reassuring. Christine, how about you? It's emotional. Yeah. Is it, as Marna said, easier for you as well to not be in New York? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Still clearly very hard for you to talk about this. And how about you, Robert? Uh, Yeah, it's very emotional. It's... (sighs) Still very emotional. I stopped not to cry. Um, you see this guy smiling at you in the beginning of the day in your tour, and then he doesn't come back with you. So it's pretty tough. But I think it's very important that we do this. Even though we go through this, it's important that we do this so that they don't forget, nobody ever forgets that this happened. And uh, people are still suffering from it. 
and thank God. Uh, I don't have much going on as far as uh, side effects from, from that day. I am using a pump, a, a preventive pump to help me breathe sometimes at night, but that's about it, so I thank God for that. But there are other people that really suffer, and it's very important, important that we go through this so that nobody ever forgets. And so when you see the crowds come out and you do get to talk about it, even though I know it's very difficult for all of you, does that make you as well, Robert, feel just a little bit better? Is there any reassurance? It definitely does, because I see that there's a lot of people that actually are on our side. You don't want to know that you are alone out there fighting these things. So, yeah, it's very important for me to see that a lot of people. And it makes me happy to see that there's uh, people recognizing Mm -hmm. the type of job that we all do uh, when it comes to these tragedies. Dennis, is there reassurance for you as well in this? Oh, absolutely. Like you like said, I hope in, so. Yeah, like you said <laughs> in your opening statement, you know, everybody remembers exactly where they were when this happened. This, yeah. this was a global event. This was a world changer. Um, so, like I said, well, when you go out, and like I said, we come up here to Canada, and you know, and, and you go other places, and you see the support. I mean, it really makes you feel good. It makes you feel like the risks that you took were well, well worthwhile. And like I said, you, you lose your friends, and you know, your, your friends are gone, but their families are still out there. Mm-hmm. So again. Any kind of support when a lot of people show up at these things, it helps them that to know that, hey, you know, my husband, my wife, they, they, they didn't die in vain. Firefighters, you should all report to your companies. Again, if you are a New York City firefighter, drop what you're doing, report to your company. A major disaster is occurring in New York City this morning. We have some very special guests in studio for us who that call right there was just all too close to home for them. We have four first responders with us who were working in New York City on September 11, 2001. They attended to those scenes in lower Manhattan. They are sharing their thoughts and memories with us now. One of the reasons why they are here, though, is for the ceremonies that happen in other cities to mark uh, 9-11. There will be one happening at the Peace Arch border crossing. Uh, It's Wednesday morning, 1030. You are welcome to go. The public can go. There will be about 500 first responders, members of the military there. There's a barbecue fundraiser also by donation. So if you get a chance, if you're in that vicinity, the great event and our four guests will also be there. Uh, what I wanted to ask you all about today too is, and Dennis, I'll start with you. What changed about your job before 9-11 and then after 9-11? Well, it, it changed tremendously. Uh, the unit I was in, um, we did a lot of the heavy rescue for the city, plus we did all the SWAT work for the city. So a lot of protection issues. So, again, everything and every, you know, New York City is really, it's the hub of the world. So, you know, besides having to deal with the actual disaster itself, you had the other parts of the city that was still going on, people that needed protected, areas that needed protected, because nobody knew exactly when it was going to stop. Mm-hmm. So really for that next six months, I mean, these people will tell you too. You know, there wasn't a lot of home life. It was you worked, work, you work, went home, work. took a nap, came back in. Um, like I said, like Mike said, myself, I think I was home six times between nine eleven and December twenty first. Uh, basically, because you have people working around the clock. Either you worked at the uh, down at the site, or you had other duties that had to get done. Your regular also. duties, right. yeah. Yeah, like I said, nothing stops. You know. And Robert, what was it like for you? Well, if I think I come out on one of the recordings at the museum where I'm screaming, we need more masks, we need more masks, we couldn't breathe. And we're tending to people, but we ourselves couldn't breathe because the dust was so thick, and I was screaming that. But what changed was that they gave us better equipment, better masks that covered a whole more, a big brother spectrum of things that we could breathe in. Um, training about this type of situation, about this type of disasters. 
So yeah, we're more protected now than we were before. We're better, pre- better prepared. We better prepared. Unfortunately, yes. yes. Unfortunately, yes. Christine, for you, you were saying you've just been on the job a couple months out of the academy. What is being an officer now like versus before that had happened? Being an officer now, it my career has taken uh, it. I'm sorry. No, it's of course. <laughs> Take your time. Um, Starting out on patrol, you get to interact with a lot of the community. Um, I mean, after 9-11, you have more of an eye on things, more visibility. Um, You know, you have to be out there paying attention to everything. I mean, it was always, you know, you have to watch your back at all times, but even more so with the the terrorist uh, activity. And any time there's a big event in New York now... It's probably much more high security than it was before. Much more. We have different units um, with uh, the CRC, SRG. Yeah. Um, a lot of them, you know, they walk around with, you know, the big heavy artillery. I've seen that there, and it's very serious. Yeah. 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 Marna, what was it like for you? A um, lot more training, a lot of high visibility posts to make sure everybody was protected. We had people just posted all over in very in very busy spots to make sure that nothing else happened and um there were a lot of calls for suspicious packages right after right. that that would be very stressful too right there must have been like that heightened state of tension that you had mm-hmm. afterwards where people were naturally very worried mm-hmm. how did you deal with that Every, everything had to be taken seriously yeah like i said you, you couldn't uh you know you know just kind of tone everything down you had to respond to everything i mean it the, the, the call volume was through the roof um like i said anything was a suspicious package everything was you know people were worried and rightfully so i mean this is an event that could have happened anywhere it happened in new york but it could have happened here in vancouver it could have been hong kong it could have been anywhere you know wherever they chose to do it like i said uh, so yeah everybody you know the, the emotions uh, on the public were running high and they were scared but i got to tell you uh it's amazing how people come together in a disaster True. and they support each other. And uh, like I said, crime dropped tremendously in New York City for, uh, you know, a month or so after that. Because, again, people were worried about other things than, than that. So, again, people will come together. You know, like I said, all, it, it, as bad as it was, it still makes us stronger. And when you come to a place like Vancouver, which seems like a long way from New York City, and you see that people here, it's obviously um, very impactful for people here. Are you surprised by that? No, it was it was a world event. You had people from all over there. You had people come from Vancouver to come help us all all over the United States. So it's it's really it's it's both countries, you know. People people just came together. Christine, did you feel that support, do you think, Absolutely. from all over as well? It was amazing to be out there and see all the different uh police departments and different agencies from all over the country just yeah coming together and just helping out like whatever they can do that was amazing and that makes people feel better because like yeah. you send people and you're like I, we don't know if this is going to help but robert did it help do you think it does it does help especially if you travel abroad not only to this side of the world but maybe in europe if you go to africa people will stop you and if you say yes i was in new york in 9 11 they want to know what happened and uh, thank you for your service so yeah everybody knows about this so it, it's it, the thing that we do right now is the, for the better, for all of us to understand mm-hmm. what happened that day. And that to never forget, like I said before, never yeah. forget. Dennis, what would you like people to take away? Then every year we, we talk about it on September 11th. What would you like people to keep in mind? 
Well, like I said, it's that sense of community, that world community. Mm-hmm. Like I said, the, there's good people in the world, and you know, and that's what's nice. You go out, like like he's like uh, Robert Roberto said, that you go and people are like thank you for doing what you're doing, or you'd be surprised at how many places you go. Even here, well, I knew somebody that was in New York at that mm-hmm. t- that day, yeah. or affected their family, uh, so it affected people around the world. So I, again, that that sense that hey, we're here together, we're going to support each other, we'll get through anything as a human race. That's just it's just fantastic. Well, we thank you very much for your time on this today. Thank you. And I know it can't be easy to relive it every year, but you do an amazing job and your stories are so important. So we thank you for joining us today. Thank you you very much. If you would like to uh, commemorate the moment as well on September 11th, all of our first responders who visited us today will be at the Peace Arch Border Crossing Wednesday morning. 1030 joined by hundreds of other first responders and military it is open to the public so you can go down there and participate there's also going to be a barbecue kind of fundraiser by donation as well so you can check all of that out and you can join them on wednesday uh, september the 11th